let me finish this series up for you. Why don't you open you version? If you have that on your phone, you can follow along today or open up your Bibles. Let's ask God to talk to our hearts. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I believe that your word is spirit and life. And I pray that you would talk to me. I want everybody in the room to say that phrase. Say, God, speak to me. God, speak to me today. Whatever you want to say to me, I'm ready. I'm open. My heart's ready. I want to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Amen. Everybody shout amen. Amen. Good, good, good. I'm so glad to be home. Uh, we were able to get away, Brandy and I, with our kids for a couple of days. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Our dream team is absolutely amazing, everybody. Come on, put your hands for the... Yeah, that's okay. You clap bigger than that for our team that was... Yeah. Led last week so strong. And uh, I love you, love you. There's no place I'd rather be than with my family. Now, if i got to choose between you and them, I'm going to pick them every time. But after them, you're my favorite people in all the world to be with. And uh, I love, love, love here. And I love to be home here. I hear Pastor Grayland did an absolutely amazing job last week, everybody, preaching the gospel. And I knew that that would be true. And then Ricardo Sanchez led worship we're still working with him. Thank you all for being patient with him. He's learning from our team. I hope he, I hope he gets it. Uh, uh, and and did, did fantastic last week. So I love our team and just how strong they lead. Uh, with or without me. I tell you this all the time, but this church will not be built on the talent of a few. It will be built on the sacrifice of many. Amen, everybody? We're all in this together, and so I am uh, thankful for you. So in this series, we have used the same passage found in the book of First Chronicles, and it talks about the, the tribe of Issachar. It said, the men of Issachar understood thee. Now, this is the first time I brought your attention to this. So I want you to underline this in your notes. I want you to make, make note of this. They understood the times with an S. And in light of them understanding the times, they knew what they should do. And really, we said this series is it's to help you understand the times that we live in so that you know what to do with your life, how to live your life, how to survive the end of the world. Today I want to talk to you about the difference between time and seasons. Time without an S and seasons. Because I think there's a difference. And I really, I've been praying about how to, you know, how to wrap this whole series up, how to give you the final thought. Like if, if you missed the whole series or you, you haven't caught up on the podcast and you just come into this one, you know, what's the final thing I want to tell you? Kind of my final the, you, know, you know, thoughts about how to survive in the world. And this is really what I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me to give you about surviving. It's really understanding the difference between time and seasons. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 Solomon says this, For everything there is a, underline the word season in your notes, and a, here it is, time for everything that's under heaven. He said there's two different things that are happening right now that whether you realize it or not, there are two different worlds that are going on. One of them is a season. Everything, to everything there is a season. And then under heaven there's something we call time. It, this, this word under heaven or under the sun appears 29 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I want to specifically talk to you about what it means to, for time and the difference between time and season in your life. These are two different concepts and they're really mutually exclusive, but they're both vitally important to your life. Time, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, is what's under the sun. It's under heaven. It's the stuff that our lives are made of. It's, the, it's all kinds of stuff that happens. It's going to the grocery store. How many of you like to go to the grocery store? How many of you are the ones that do all the grocery shopping in your house? Raise your hand. Let me see you. Some of y'all, if you don't like to go, I know you like to eat. I can see you from here. 
I like to go there. I go to the grocery store in our family, not because Brandy wants I just enjoy it. I put the kids in. I go, we go to H-E-B. I hop them up on free cookies and tortillas, and we go, we go up and down the aisle, and I love the grocery store, and I spend way too much money when I go there. That's just, I, I, we're going to do it every week, but we, we pay bills. We, we go to work. We go to school. It's just, it, it's stuff that happens that you may never know, you, you know, kind of the, just the idea of your time, and you really never know what's coming up in time. The biblical idea of time is, is that it's just stuff that happens in life and you never know what it's going to hold. When you wake up tomorrow, you never know what time is going to happen tomorrow. You never know what event's going to Who would have thought on the Tuesday of September the 11th? How many of you remember where you were on September the 11th in 2001? Yeah, you kind of mark time that way. But nobody knew when we woke up that morning on Tuesday morning what would happen. Nobody knew a couple of weeks ago on a Monday morning we woke up and saw the news of, of Las Vegas and the worst mass shooting in American history. Nobody had any idea about the time that's going on. And really, if you're not careful, it feels like we are just falling from day to day. And we don't know what's going to happen. If you watch the news, you don't know what's going on in the world. You don't know what's going to happen next, who's going to say what next, what country is going to act out. But it's all real and it's all in time. You never know what hurricane's coming or what volcano's going to erupt or what country's declaring war. And if you're not careful, we get caught up in this day-to-day stuff, this time that happens in our life. The Bible says all of that, it's under heaven. It's just time. Listen close. And a lot of us are looking at the news and watching, like you watch CNN, which I affectionately call continuous negative news. Amen, everybody. Like it's just, it's always something's going wrong and something's going bad. And, and a lot of people are looking at the time that we live that's under heaven and they're going, man, this is a terrible time. What's going to happen next? Who's going to declare war? What's North Korea going to do? What's Iran going to do? What's Russia going to do? What, what hurricane's coming next? What, what mass shooting? Like, what, what is going on in the world? And then the Bible said there's time under heaven, but there's something else. The Bible says for everything else, there's a season. Now, if you'll let me, here's what I really think the writer was saying. Is, is if time happens under the sun, then seasons happen above the sun. Seasons are the spiritual world that's above that. It's above all that. It's what I'm going to call seasons. And here's the key. Listen, if you don't catch anything else I tell you, you haven't caught the rest of this series. Here's what I want you to know. That the spiritual world is where I have to live in order to have peace in the natural world in which I also live. The spiritual world is where I have to live. Listen, as a believer, you're going to have to. We're going to have to equip our minds to live in seasons above the clouds so that we have peace in the middle of the time, the natural world that we actually live in day to day. Because if you watch the news and you keep looking around for the signs of the time, you go, man, the world's getting so bad. What's going to happen next? And the Bible talks about our hearts failing us for fear of what's going on and what's happening in my life. And if you're going to have peace in your time, you're going to have to learn how to live in the spiritual world that's above our time, and it's our seasons. Everybody say amen to that. It looks like, if you just look at time, it looks like the world's falling apart. And it is. Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Maria devastating Puerto Rico and, and the Gulf Coast of Texas and Houston and Florida. Two earthquakes in Mexico devastating them and North Korea and 
terrorism everywhere. And everybody's thinking, man, is this it? Like, is it all over now? Like, is it, everything just kind of goes, it, you just keep looking at time and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And if we just consume time, if we just look at time, we think, man, this thing's not going well. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And if you're not careful, you don't have any peace in time because all the news is negative and it all looks like it's getting worse. And that's the truth. It's kind of like riding an airplane. How many of you like to fly? All of my flyers were yet. I, I used to like to fly. Matter of fact, I got on Facebook this morning, early this morning after I was up praying for you and praying for today's services. And one of those, uh, uh, here's your post from years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Like your memory. Here's what you did years ago. You know, you get that and it's the boyfriend that you used to be with and you're like, ooh, I don't, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, you look at the post that, that from years ago and, and my post from eight years ago today was from Sydney, Australia. It was my first time flying overseas and I was preaching uh, for two weeks in Australia with my dear friend, Pastor Jeremy Foster. We'd flown together and it was my first time going there. He had gone to Australia one other time. And, and I was good at flying nationally. I flew all over the country preaching, but this is my first international flight. And I didn't just go to Cabo, I went to Australia, everybody. Australia is right next to nothing. It's, just, it's right past nothing else. That's where it is. So we flew to Houston, and then I flew to Los Angeles. We had this long layover in L.A., and I'd been to L.A. a bunch. But then I got on a plane, and we flew 14 hours over the open ocean. And I remember, I remember we were flying. We sat side by side. We were flying in a Virgin Australia airplane. It was brand new. And we, we, we flew at night, so we ate, because I'm going to eat every time, whatever, anyway. So we ate a, we ate a meal, and... And then we watched two movies, Honest Before God. We watched two whole movies. And we had eaten, and then we looked at each other and we go, well, we still have 10 hours. What what, what are we going to do now? Like, we got 10 more hours. We watched two movies. We've eaten. This is all I know how to do. I don't know what else to do. So I did what my doctor said. I took an Ambien and went to bed, and I woke up in Australia. (laughs) That's that's what what I did to survive the rest. But I never forget getting in that airplane, man, this huge airplane flying internationally. And if you've ever flown before, you know when you're taking off, man, you're just holding on to the seat for dear life. And it's it's bouncing everyone. You're bouncing all over the place. And and, 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 and at, at some point in this middle of this shaking and this takeoff, the pilot comes over and he says, Hey, listen, I know it's bumpy right now, but as soon as we get above the then it gets smooth. And sure enough, man, it was raining and and you got this thunderstorm down below and you're just shaking back and forth. And the moment we punch through that cloud cover at 10,000 or 15,000 feet, the sun is shining up there. You know what that's called? That's that, those are the seasons of your life and that's what's going to have to happen if you're going to survive the end of the world listen close you're going to have to learn how to get out of the bumpiness of what you see around the world going man what in the world's going on here what's happening here you're going to have to punch through that and go above all of that are the seasons that God works in and up here the sun is shining and it's a different perspective than where I am say amen to that everybody if you're not careful you just start looking around where we are and you think man this feels like time to me this feels like just normal just it feels like not even normal it's getting worse like I never know what's going to happen and where we're going to war or I just heard the other day about a volcano that hasn't erupted in hundreds or whatever thousands of years whatever it is and and it's poised to erupt and you know can destroy all of you know North America or whatever it is and those are issues in time and people are looking at the end times going man what what kind of time like what time is it where are we 
your heart will begin to fail you and you'll be consumed with fear if you don't learn how to take your heart and take your mind and set them above the clouds into a whole nother realm, that spiritual world where you and I have to learn how to live in seasons and not just in time. So let me give you the difference really quick. If you'll allow me, take good notes. I want you to write this down. Time refers to an incident or a situation or a moment or a happening. It's just something in your life. Like this service, you knew it began at a certain time. It begins at 11 o'clock for some of you. And let me just give you a little, just in case you didn't know this, we take the first 15 minutes and we worship. Some of you didn't know that, but it's actually amazing. You should, you should try it next week. Like, just come... At 11. Anyway, it's on time. Time is, time is just a moment. It's an incident. It, it, it happens, you know, right now. But the opposite, listen close, the opposite of time is a season. It's a season. And the Bible refers to seasons not as time, as times with an S. It's, it's a season. It's a different perspective. Let me give you something else, something maybe you'll understand. How many of you like football? All my football fans, where are you at right now? How many of y'all stayed up late watching the Astros go to the World Series? There you are right there. All my Astros fans? That's okay. It's still Clutch City. Anyway, um, they, they, may, they may make it through. They may not. I don't know if you're a Dodgers fan. I'm with you on that too, just what, whatever happens. But all my football fans, you stay up watching college football on a Saturday. And in a football game, it's all about time. You know, football games can be won and lost in moments and minutes and just seconds. You know what I mean? They get down to the last couple of minutes of a game and then, and, and then and everything changes in that game. And if you lose, like if you're used to losing, like for instance, if you're a you know, University of Texas fan, you're used to losing football games if you're a Longhorn. And if you're used to losing, you're used to, anyways, you're used to the coach coming out and, and, and saying, you're used to the coach coming out and saying, hey, listen, here's what we did in this game and here's the time. But this is only one game. It's not the... There's a difference. Because games are won and lost inside the times, but they're not the whole season. A season is the whole body of work. And God is not as much concerned about the time that we live as He is the season that's happening in our life. And listen, if you're going to survive the end of the world, if you're, going to learn, if you're going to learn how to live in the end times, live in the last days, you're going to have to get your mind off the time and get your mind in a season. Get above all of that stuff that's getting you down. Here's the way I like to say it. Time is your watch, but seasons are your calendar. Time is my watch, but seasons are my calendar. It, it's, the, it's the reason why so many of us struggle with God answering our prayers. Because we're watching the watch, and God's watching His calendar. And we're saying, God, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And God goes, you don't understand. I don't use a watch. I'm using a ca- I, I work in seasons. And seasons are on the calendar. And if you look at Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon sort of goes through what time has, the, the, the occurrences of our life. He goes through 14 different opposites back and forth. He said there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a time to keep something. There's a time to throw something away. Come on, everybody say amen to that. Some of y'all need to go through your garage. There's a time to throw something away. You look like a hoarder. Amen, everybody. I have a neighbor who leaves their garage door open. They just moved in this year, and I promise you their garage is so full, they have lost three neighborhood children inside that garage. That's an honest-to-goodness truth. 
they're just, it's, it's just awful. There's a, the <laughs> Ecclesiastes said, there's a time to keep stuff and a time to throw stuff away. Some of y'all, that's the word you need from God today. There's a time to talk, the Bible said, and a time to keep silent. There's, and, and, and Solomon goes through all of these different opposites 14 different times. He goes through all of this different stuff. He said there's a time for war and a time for peace. Now listen close. When you watch the news, you'll start to, if you're not careful, your mind will tell you, oh my gosh, it's never been this bad before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a time for war and, and, and the pendulum goes back and forth. And time keeps moving on. And it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And listen, the circumstance you're in right now isn't unusual. It's just time going back and forth. And Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 says, Again, I saw that under the sun, that the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong or bread to the wise or riches to the intelligent. Listen close. Here's what he said. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter how good you are, how smart you are, how much college you have. He said that time and chance happens to us all. The time just keeps marching on. It just keeps moving on. The time is my, is my issues, my stuff. Steve Jobs, come on. He didn't live to see an iPhone 10. Now, Steve Jobs had enough money to buy a private island or a group of islands or a small European country. But he, but he, couldn't, he couldn't use money to live long enough to see the 10th generation. Why? Because time and chance, you don't have enough money to buy it. It just keeps happening. And this is so many of us are looking around our life and we think, man, I never thought that would happen. I never thought this would happen. You're watching the news and you think, man, I never thought this would go on. I never thought it would get this bad. I never thought that would happen. I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime or maybe in your life. I never thought this would happen. I never thought we'd get a divorce. I never thought the business would fold. I never thought my kids would walk away from God. I never thought it would go this way. And time starts happening. And it's not perfect. Listen to me, my friends. Life is not perfect. It's a pendulum that swings back and forth. One of the Bible stories that I love to tell is about Job who his life goes back and forth. He's blessed and prosperous and then he loses everything. His kids, his money, his cattle. And the Bible says this is what Job said. He said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away but my eyes are not on time. Because if you just look in your life you just see man I had it and then I lost it. What happened? Man, we were happy and then she left. What happened? Man, the business was going good and then then, then it folded. What happened? Job said, in the middle of all of this pendulum swing, my eyes are not on time. My eyes are above time into God's season. And then Job says, listen, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? How do you do that? Because your eyes are not fixed down here. And then after all of these things, 14 things that he goes back and forth with, then finally uh, the writer Solomon says this, just so you know that everything in your time, Ecclesiastes 3, he said, he has made everything beautiful in, in its time. You say, you don't know what's happening to me. You, you don't know how bad it is. My, it can't be beautiful right now. Listen close. It can be. 
I hear people tell me all the time, I've lost my job or I lost my marriage or something's happened and I blame God. Listen, Job didn't blame God. He just says, listen, the Lord gives and He takes away. But I've lost all my kids. I've lost all my money. I've lost all my job. I've lost all my land, all my cattle, everything I've got. I know it looks terrible right now, but God's making something beautiful. How do you do that? Listen, how do you watch the news and see North Korea and Russia and Iran and earthquakes and hurricanes and and lives lost and heartache and heartache and and just terrible thing. How do you look at time? Let me tell you how. Job understood it. Listen close. Write this down. It's because you've got to have an above the sun perspective in an under the sun moment. And if you're going to survive the end of the world, listen close. You've got to have an above the sun perspective in an under the sun moment. Because my friends, look at my eyes. It's going to get worse. And the pendulum's going to keep swinging back and forth like that. And you've got to learn how that my, my mood, my, my, my trust is not predicated on what CNN says or Fox News says. No, no, no. It does, I, listen, I'm concerned. I, I, I think about it. I pray about it. But at the end of the day, what's happening in time is not where my heart is. My heart is in my season. My heart is above the clouds. And I'm thinking about, I'm living in that spiritual world where God gives me peace about what's happening. I have an above-the-sun perspective in an under-the-sun moment. Paul knew how to do this. He said in Philippians, I have learned that whatever situation I am in, listen, whatever situation I'm in, to be content. I've learned how to be full. I've learned time and chance just happened to us. Paul said, I I don't know why I got shipwrecked. I I don't know why I got snake bit. I don't know why I got stoned, and I don't mean the kind of stone you're thinking about. I don't know why. I don't know why I've been under all this pressure. I don't know why all of this stuff's happened. I don't know why I have a thorn in the flesh. But Paul was able to say, "Here's what I have learned in all of that. I have learned that His grace is made perfect in my weakness, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Everybody, shout Amen to that. Why? How do you do that? Listen close. How do you do that and watch the news and as a believer not have your heart fail you for fear? It's because I don't live in time. I'm living in seasons. And I'm content of where we are. And I'm realizing this is beautiful right where it is. I want you to go through the book of Ecclesiastes if you have time. The the first three or four chapters are absolutely amazing. And Solomon talks about how, how your time is to be spent. Talks about your friends It says, listen, you may lose, friends. Things are going to happen. But Solomon says two are still better than one. It's why we believe in small groups here. Because two are always going to be better than one. You say, I I, I need friends in my... You need a small group. Life's not fair. It's not always going to be easy. And nobody, but nobody should stand at an open grave and cry alone. Everybody needs somebody. And Solomon would say, enjoy your work. Because, because even if you want a better job, I hear people tell me, Pastor, pray, I need a better job. Listen, I'll pray for you a better job. But if you need a better job, it means you actually have a job. Everything's beautiful in its time. You just The, the pendulum is going to swing. You might get a pink slip. You might get a promotion. But in my time, it doesn't matter what happens in this time. It doesn't matter who declares war on who next. I'm just going to set my heart above all of that stuff. Contentment means being content with my kids. Do I want straight age kids? You bet I do. But listen, if, if you really want to get contentment with your, with your average, your C or your B average student, why don't you take your kids to a children's hospital and walk the aisles? 
It's not what it could be, but it's not what it could be. Amen, everybody? I'm going to get content with what I've got. I, I'm, some of us need to get content with our spouse. Can I, can I help you for just a moment right now? All the men in the room, shout amen. amen. That wasn't good. All the men in the room, shout amen. Men, let me help you. We need to downsize our expectations of our spouse and upsize our contentment of our spouse. Amen, everybody? Some of you men are saying, my wife doesn't look as good as she used to. Joker, when she met you, you didn't have the belly you had either. Come on, somebody. Like, we, we just need to get content with what we got. We need to get content with, with who we are. Solomon had a thousand wives. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I heard, I heard somebody say, well, why, did, why did Solomon have a thousand wives? And somebody said, well, so that when he came home at night, at least one woman would be happy. Now, I didn't say that. Somebody else said that. And I just read that. I, just, I read it and I told you, but that wasn't me saying that. So don't, don't blame me on that. Just learning how to be content with what you got. It doesn't matter what happens in my time. I I know I'm getting older, but I'm happy to be getting older because the alternative is not getting older. I'm going to learn how to end my time, whatever's going on in my time. And once you get, listen close, once you get your under the sun reality in check, once you start really changing your perspective, then, then you learn how to live above the sun. Now listen close, here's what happens. Then you start moving into seasons instead of seconds. My prayer for, especially if you're a young couple, if you're 20 or 30 or 40, if you're a young adult and you graduate in high school or graduate in college, this is my prayer for you, is that we get a seasonal perspective instead of seconds. Because when you're young, all you do is count the seconds. I got got plenty of time left. I got plenty of seconds left. Will this ever end? If you've got little kids, come on somebody. Will they ever sleep all night? Come on somebody. Will they ever potty train? I have a three-year-old little boy right now. Jesus, in your name, miraculously let him pee-pee in the potty. That's on podcast. I I, I regret saying that. He's going to hear that one day. But we got to move from our seconds into our seasons. When you get all of that into perspective, then you start realizing, why do I have to, why do I have to do that? Because if you're not careful, you'll look at the news and you'll look at how bad time is getting. And you'll start thinking, oh my gosh, this is all gonna, this is all going bad. What are we gonna do? What's gonna happen? Where are we gonna go? We'll, we'll get scared and fearful and, and, we'll, and we'll start closing up instead of realizing we have a seasonal perspective. We start realizing, man, I'm above, I'm, I'm going to fly above that rockiness. Ecclesiastes says, here's the reason why. Because in your heart, the Bible said, He put, God put eternity in the hearts of men and women. That as your life swings back and forth, you'll start realizing you lose a house, you'll get another one. You lose a business, God's going to give you a better one. But when it comes to seasons, listen close, God's put eternity in us. And nothing's going to satisfy you in time because eternity is in your heart. Seasons are in your heart. It's why millionaires want to be billionaires. And billionaires want to be trillionaires. Because there's nothing that you can feel. There's no material thing you can put. You have a universe-sized hole in your heart. 
that nothing will fill. It's eternity in us. And if you take everything in time, listen close, let me give you the secret to happiness in this life. In the middle of negativity, in the middle of the world falling apart, in the middle of everything going bad, you learn how to take everything in time and throw it above the sun into seasons. And in light of eternity, you go, man, this is just temporary. All of this is going to end anyway. In light of my life, this is how seasons work. Seasons have an eternal perspective. And only men, only people, men and women can comprehend eternity. Animals can't. Animals, you just ring the bell and they go to the food. Now, I know some of y'all think the same way, but that's not true. Animals, just, it just, they don't have eternity in their heart. They just live and they die. Now you tell your kids all dogs go to heaven and so will I. But at the end of the day, we're the only things that God created that have eternity in our hearts. God said there's a longing in you. That's why when you watch the news you go, God, can it get any, can it get any worse? Yeah, it can. Time's going to keep, it's just going to keep swinging back and forth. It's going to keep getting worse. But my heart's in a season, not in time. The good news for you today is this, that if I've messed up in a time, I can be restored in a season. If I've messed up in time, I can be restored in a season. It doesn't matter. You, you say, man, that time of my life was terrible. Here's the good thing about God. God isn't looking at time. He's looking at the whole football season. Listen to me. Look at my eyes. You may have lost this round, but you don't have to lose the fight. I grew up believing if I lost a round that I was gone. Mark, I, I really did. I grew up believing if I lost this round with spirituality, if I lost this round in, in my relationship with God, that it was all over. Why give up? Listen close to me. You can, you, can, you can mess up in time. And in the season of your life, God can restore everything back to you. How many of you found that to be true in your own life? That man, in my t- I messed up so bad. I was, it was so terrible in that time. But God restored back in the season. Because God works in seasons. God moves in seasons. It's kind of like a painter. You ever seen a painter on TV like Bob Ross? Where's all my Bob Ross fans? Yeah, you are Bob Ross. That's why. Little happy trees right here. You ever seen a painter be painting and a stroke goes this way and a stroke goes this way and you look over your life and you think, man, that doesn't make any sense. There's a Time goes over here and time goes over there and time goes over there and then they get to the very end and there's two or three strokes and you step back and you go, oh my goodness. Look at what the painting is. That's a season. And God is looking at your life. Listen close. And God is looking at this world. Not in time but in seasons. 1 Thessalonians says, Now concerning the times and seasons. you got to know He's coming like a thief in the night. If you're asking me, let me just tell you, I really believe the next thing on God's seasonal calendar is the rapture of the church. I really think Jesus is coming back. I really, if you're looking at not time, if you're looking at seasons, I think the next seasonal thing that's going to happen is the catching away. The Bible would talk, 1 Thessalonians 4, as a matter of fact, talks about that catching away, that seasonal thing where God, God catches away His church and that rapture of the church. I really believe that. And how do you prepare for that? Well, you've got to get out of time. You've got to quit being worried about, concerned about, consumed with the pendulum swinging back and forth in time. And you got to get ready for a season. So here's what I want to tell you about seasons. Let me give you three simple things 
that I really believe if, if I'm concluding this time together when I ask God, God, what do we say about time and seasons? Here's what I think we are. If you're going to survive the end of the world, listen close, write these three things down. The first thing I think we're entering into is a season of harvest. I really do believe that we're entering a season of harvest like we have never seen in the history of mankind. Just, just an organization that we're a part of. Just what we do. And I know you're looking at the world. You're looking at Iran. You know, I just read something the other day about them having uh, you know, missiles that could reach the state of Israel. And, and they have nuclear capabilities. And you're looking at all of that. We're the first generation, listen, to be able to see something that horrific in, in North Korea. And you're looking around going, man, harvest. But listen, I really believe we're in a season of harvest like we've never have been. The organization we're a part of is called the ARC, the Association of Related Churches. Just in the last four weeks, in, in America alone, just the ARC has planted over 60 life-giving brand new churches in metropolitan area. You give to that every time that you give here at City Hills. That's, that's a season of harvest. I, I read something the other day about, about people coming to the Lord that since you've been at church last Sunday, in one week, in seven days, on planet Earth, on the whole on the whole planet, over a million people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ for the first time. Yo, that's a season of harvest, everybody. Yo, that's that, that's the gospel moving into. You got to just keep perspective. Does it look bad on the news? Sure, it does. That's time. But my, my, my eyes aren't fixed on what's happening on the news. My eyes aren't concerned about this. I'm concerned about what season we're in, God. God says we're in a season of harvest. Well, what do I do with that? Well, let me tell you. you got to move the kingdom forward. you got to move the kingdom forward. Every single week around the world, we're seeing harvest like we've never seen before. There are over 3,500 churches and house churches and preaching points that are opened around the world every single week. You know, you know one, of the, one of the largest growing countries of Christianity on planet earth today is the Islamic Republic of Iran. There's a harvest like we've never seen. So what do I do? I'm going to move the kingdom forward. Well, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to reach for people who are far from God like I've never reached for people who are far from God. We're in the season. I know if your eyes are glued to MSNBC and you start looking at all, you can be discouraged about time. You're looking around at hurricanes and earthquakes, but listen close. If you don't catch anything else this series, that's just time. We're in a season. And our church has to get above time. We have to start saying, God, if this is a season of harvest, let's move the kingdom forward like we've never have before. It's why I'm preaching to you about legacy. Because I'm going to leverage everything I've got. Everything I've got, I'm going to leverage for the sake of the kingdom of God. Because all this stuff's going to burn up anyway. I'm going to move the kingdom forward in the season of harvest. Here's the second season I think we're in. I think we're entering the season of hostility. Just watch this political climate that we're in. I haven't been alive a long time. But I've been alive long enough to know this is the worst political climate we may have ever been in. It's absolutely deplorable. 
what our politicians are doing. Why is it so hostile? What, what, why, why are people threatening war and rumors of war? That, well, why is it terrorism everywhere and famine and plagues and nations surrounding the state of Israel are threatening? And what's going on right now? I look to this and I go, God, what are we going to do all of that? And when you do, you just, when you look at the, the season of hostility, the, the, the answer that we are to give, how to survive the end of the world, is to lift up your head. The Bible says when you start seeing all of these things happen, you don't go bury your head in the sand like other people do. You don't go act like, you don't, you, I don't know what's happening. Where I don't know. I just don't want to think about it. No, no, no. When I start seeing all that sort of stuff, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lift up my head. When everybody's sharing stuff on Facebook about terrorism and how bad it's getting and politics and when there's just so much hostility in the world, not us, not believers, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lift up our heads and say our redemption is coming close. Jesus is coming soon here's the last thing listen we're entering a season of harvest we are in a season of hostility and our response to the end of the world must be a season of holiness He said, He's coming like a thief in the night. He said, You're not of the darkness, you're the light. He said, In light of that, put on the arm of light. In other words, get ready and then stay ready. As strong as I could possibly tell you. If you want to know my thoughts about the end of the world or the last days or the end times, are we living in the end times? I don't know, but I'm living in mine. So I'm just going to do a couple of things. I'm going to get in the season of harvest like I never have. I'm going to leverage my whole life. Look in my eyes. I'm going to give everything I've got to this church to build the kingdom of God. This is not about me. It's not about our ego. It's not about this building. It's about the kingdom of God. This is the season of harvest. I'm going to reach as many people I can in San Antonio and around the, and around the hill country for the sake of the gospel. I'm going to move the kingdom forward. And when everybody else is fighting and hostility everywhere, I'm just going to keep my head lifted high. And then I'm going to get ready. And I'm going to stay ready. I'm going to keep my heart ready in the season of holiness. Why don't you stand up all over the house, bow your head, close your eyes, and nobody moving around except our team. Just take two more minutes. I don't want you to hold anybody's hand in this time. I usually ask you to do that, but I want you to put your hand over your own heart. Everybody in the room, I want you to just hold your hand to your heart. Don't move. You feel that beating? That's time. There's heartache. There's trouble. There's war and rumors of war. There's earthquakes and hurricanes. There's volcanoes and missiles. That's time. But inside that beating heart, God said eternity. Something more. Something bigger than this world. And He said, set your eyes on that. Set your affections on things that are above that. The old song says that the things of this world becomes strangely dim just a bit when I start setting my eyes on the seasons that we're in. And if you're in this room with your hand over your heart, 
I'm going to ask you to pray about a seasonal perspective. Father, I pray you'd move my eyes off of what's happening in this world, off of what's happening on the news or what's happening in my world. Come on, everybody pray. God, the tough stuff in my life, the, the stuff that's consuming my time, a divorce, a doctor's report, a bankruptcy, a foreclosure. God, I have been consumed with time. And I need to get my eyes above the clouds. It's shaky here. It just feels like this plane could come apart at any moment until I break through that cloud and I get a different perspective. God, give me a seasonal perspective when time doesn't make sense. Time is going crazy. When my family's going crazy, when our money is going nuts, when nothing is adding up, when the news is full of negativity in the worst possible scenario, my heart isn't here. This isn't my home anyway. There's eternity in my heart. Give me a seasonal above the clouds perspective. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, if you've never entered that, you can't enter a season of holiness until you get ready. you got to get ready first. This is not the time to let up. This is not the time to just live any old way you want to, have any friends you want to, do anything you want to. No, 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 no. This is the time to get ready and stay ready. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. I can't pray this for you, but let me pray it with you. If you've never prayed a prayer like this, or maybe it's been a long time, why don't you just say, Dear Jesus, I need you right now. I give you my whole heart. Save me today. Cleanse me today. Forgive me of my sins. I repent today, Jesus. Because of the cross, make me new. Make me whole. I want to be born again. I want something new in my life. I want to get ready. And I want to stay ready. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name, everybody shout a big amen.